You're listening to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Today is Friday, January 15th. Bags, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. Good to have another show on a Friday. It's always nice to look forward to two great weekends. Last weekend was great, Platt. The games were great. This weekend, you pretty much separate the men from the boys. Then you go into the championship Sunday. It goes real quick, so you got to really enjoy it. But last week, um, I was happy with the with the competition. There was only one blowout, and I'm looking forward to a great weekend as well. We got to cover a lot of other things too today. If we got some time, big hire by the Jets, DJ LeMay, who signed with the Yanks. But we'll start with the NFL, and I'm ready to dive in when you are, Platt. Before we go NFL, real fast, has there ever been a better week? for New York sports teams. Lindor to the Mets, Harden to the Nets, Jets get their man, DJ resigns. Like across the board, every sport. So awesome. And as much as like, you know, we'll get into the crybaby thing with the NBA, when when New York sports has a basketball team that can actually perform and possibly go to the finals, it's going to be exciting around here. And you know what? As as Nick fans, it's going to make them want to be better in every way, from the ownership to the player. So I'm kind of liking what the Nets are doing. They could be a catalyst to get the Knicks to really step it up. Um, as long as they hang in, it would be great. But like like you just said, New York sports has something to be excited about. For one, th- for one time in a long, long time, besides the New York Yankees, and it's going to be pretty cool, hopefully, uh, going forward. All right, I didn't mean to get off track there. We'll get into everything. But let's start with the NFL playoffs. I loved last weekend's games. I loved having three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. I think the NFL should stick to this moving forward. The games, like you said, were all exciting except for one of them. But it just felt like it it almost had that March Madness feel to Saturday and Sunday where there were just games on it almost every hour. Yeah, you pretty much went 1 o'clock to midnight on both days and for sports fans like like you and I and most of the guys listening and most of NFL fans or even just sports fans in general housewives included I mean that was fun every game came down to the fourth quarter almost except for the one which was the biggest spread on the board and we knew the Bears weren't going to show up but that format plat is unbelievable because this weekend was last was last year's format and the wild card weekend. Now the divisional weekend is now uh, two and two, which is awesome. You know we can't can't be greedy every weekend, but it there's no way. And I know it's money driven, Platt, as we know the NFL, the profit train, but no breaks. They have to stick with that because it was awesome. Yeah, and I haven't seen the ratings yet, but I'm sure they were good, and uh, I'm sure the NFL. You know, like you said, it's all about revenue. More games, more money, more interest. People are excited. Uh, looking at this weekend's games, we got eight teams left. One of these eight teams or two of these eight teams are going to show up in the Super Bowl. We have Packers-Rams to start out with. I know you and I last week, not to digress, talked about Seattle being the sleeper. And then lo and behold, they get knocked off by the Rams. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, as much as, the, you know, they're, they're talking about Aaron Donald, you know, walking into the Hall of Fame already. That guy is a complete beast. And they gave – you never see Wilson really under duress like he was. He had to really, really get out of the pocket and scramble. And Platt, that defensive line 
I, I mean, I would not want to play against them. <coughs> um, obviously, they have the best corner in the game. He can cover anybody, including shutting down Metcalf and other top wide receivers. But I got I, I got to tell you, the Rams did surprise me in that game. And when you look at this week, Platt, going into Lambeau, you're a team from L.A., you got a great defense, you know you got to stop one person, number 12, and they have the, the, the defensive front to give him a big problem, especially if there's bad weather up there and, you know, you get, a, you get some wind and some snow and flurries. It's going to be cold. It's going to be in the 20s, I, I, I read. But I got to tell you, I, I look at the line and I see Packers six and a half. After what the Rams did last week, being a dog on the road, Platt, I don't know if I can really take the Packers here, so I'm I'm a little undecided here so far. So that so you have an issue with the spread, which I don't. I, I actually agree with you on that. So it's so two things, two takeaways here. The Rams, to me, like I look at Seattle, and to me, them in Pittsburgh had similar years. They peaked too early. The first half of the year was great. Russell Wilson was the MVP conversation. Pittsburgh was ten and zero. Both teams peaked too early. Here come the Rams, and what I'm learning and what I'm seeing more in the NFL. And tell me if you agree with this: is the year after a team goes to the Super Bowl, there's always a hangover. There's injuries outside of the Patriots, which makes that franchise just that much better. What they did over the years, these teams come back so much stronger the second year. And the Rams in the Super Bowl two years ago, forgotten about last year, hangover. Here they come. And I would not be shocked at all if they knocked off the Packers and bags being that we're, we're talking about gambling and betting. If I'm a betting man right now, I'm putting money on the San Francisco 49ers last year, not to get off topic uh, next year, because you look at the, the hangover year and then the bounce back year, yep. the Rams are having it again. Well, numbers don't lie, Platt. You, um, that's, a great, that's a great stat you brought up. Right after they win the Super Bowl, there, there's a drop-off. And you almost can't really, you know, you can't really blame the team. I mean, they're making tons of money. They just put their, you know, blood and guts into that year. It's really tough to repeat in the NFL. And if that's always been the case and always been said. I remember when the Niners uh, pulled off the, re uh, the repeat and they were trying to go for the three-peat. It was impossible. They said it was the hardest thing that they ever went through. So I got – I mean – when you have that one year to maybe go like eight and eight, nine and seven, I think the next year you come in, you're like, you know, we're better than that. Let's get back to what we were two years ago. Let's put in that same effort and practice the same way. And maybe you get a, a player or two off the market that helps you out. But that second year or that next year, I don't think the motivation is always there for these guys. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And looking at this line at six and a half, I, for, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I'm going to take the Packers. I still think they're going to cover this line. The Rams played great defensively. They shocked Seattle last week. Jared Goff seems like he's going to play. His hands are right. I still, I don't know. I just, it's, it's a big spread, but the Packers just seem to be on a good run right now. But you're going to go with the Rams? I'm going to go with the Rams, but I usually would always go with the Packers at home in Lambeau because that's where they've been great. Um, I brought up Eli and Michael Vick going into Lambeau, but that was only two times that I can remember off the top of my head. It is a tough place to play. The Rams are coming from the West Coast. 
but I just want to take the six and a half and stick with the Saturday underdogs. All three dogs came in on Saturday last week. Four out of six came in total. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, four out of six came in total last week. I'm going to take the points and go with the Rams. All right, let's go. Bills, Ravens. This is going to be a hell of a football game. Now, Platt, not to go to last week, but I been saying for a lot of a lot on the show or many times on this show that I didn't really mind the fans not being there and you know I was just really focusing on the sport and just happy to have sports back I enjoyed seeing the Buffalo Rich Stadium with 7,000 fans it looked like they were more plat I gotta tell you and it's not a huge stadium but did you really feel like you were watching a playoff game with the fans in the building, especially especially Buffalo Nation, 25 years since they've been in a, a home playoff game. Now they got another home playoff game, Platt. We're going to have fans in the building. So looking forward to it. As far as the Ravens, Platt, I was rooting for the Titans last week. But, you know, I, I don't really bother with the spreads when, when it comes kickoff time. I was really rooting for uh, the Titans. I like the way they play. I love the running back. But in this game, it's going to be tough not to take the Bills because it's only two and a half. You figure if they're going to win, they should win by three, maybe four. That's good. That's a really tough line. I have a feeling that line's going to move when it gets closer to game time. How are you feeling about the game and the atmosphere and the environment? So you talked about the Bills having fans. I noticed that in the Tennessee game, too, when I watched the Ravens and the Titans play. It felt like you were watching normal football because there were a decent amount of fans there. It was loud. The guys had, you know, uh, Jackson didn't have the chance to just sit there and call whatever play he wanted when he got to the line of scrimmage. The fans were making a difference in the game. So I love that aspect. I'm with you on that. The Ravens, to me, are still a wild card here. They could very easily go into Buffalo if Jackson plays well and beat the Bills. I was not impressed by Buffalo last week in the least. And maybe there were nerves. It was Allen's first playoff game. I get all of that. But, and a win's a win. But I wasn't impressed with Buffalo. So the line is tight, but I'm going to take the Ravens in an upset here. And I don't think it's a huge upset, being that the Ravens were as good as they were last year. They're hot. They've had a very good second half of the season. And I know the Bills are the, are the story right now, but I'm going with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Platt, I like it. I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to root for Buffalo, but I'm going to take the Ravens if I was betting. I think Lamar Jackson has been there before. He's gotten knocked down before. He's, I mean, he, he, I have a feeling that a lot is coming on his shoulders during this game. I feel like if he doesn't win this game, he's going to get doubted that he can actually go to the Super Bowl ever. And you know I always like to talk about how he can't come from behind, whatever. If this guy is in a groove, Platt, it's over. I'm sorry, Bills. You don't want you don't want to mess with Lamar Jackson. I've always called him dangerous on the show. I'm taking the Ravens. Going to root for the Bills. But as usual, Platt, we want two very close games, and that's all I'm hoping for. All right, so now we move to Arrowhead. The Shocking Cleveland Browns are going into Arrowhead to take on the defending Super Bowl champs with a 10-point line on this game. Damn. <laughs> now, here's, that, now, here's something that I just noticed, too. All the home teams are the favorites. This line is 10. Um, I have a feeling if 
if the Browns could actually hang around in this game, they can probably cover the line. But once the Chiefs get rolling, Platt, as we saw, maybe remember early in the season, Miami came out, punched him in the mouth, got up 10 nothing. The Chiefs didn't even flinch, Platt. They are in their Arrowhead Stadium, like you said, probably one of the toughest places to play the NFL. The Browns are coming off probably uh, the most miraculous win I've ever seen, 28 points in the first quarter. Three turnovers by Ben didn't have help they were not going to lose that game although uh you know at the end i was kind of worried but i don't see the browns covering this spread even though i like the two dogs in the first games i I like the chiefs pouring it on and i think the chiefs can't wait to take this the field against the browns a lot of people are going to be rooting for the browns you're playing the super bowl champs in their own building um i'm gonna go kc laying the 10 i think mahomes is a magician I think he thrives in the moment. He's a big-time clutch player. I want to root for Mayfield. I want to root for a close game. I'm going Kansas City. So, to me, the Browns' Super Bowl was last weekend. Them beating the Steelers. Getting to the playoffs and beating the Steelers was enough if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, which I'm not, but I'm happy for them. I just feel like this is the same team that lost to the Jets three weeks ago. So, Pittsburgh, they caught them on their downward spiral. Roethlisberger looked awful. They played shitty football. I was shocked, being that we talked how great of a coach Tomlin is and what happened here. That said, I can't see the Browns hanging with the Chiefs. Maybe a quarter or two, but that offense is just too deadly. Mahomes is going to be all over the place. They have too many weapons. They've had some time off. I think they cover that that 10 points pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, and the over-under is 57.5, so hopefully we see a a great shootout. And I really do hope Mayfield plays great. I mean, it's a great story. It's Cleveland. Um, In in any sport, whether it's the Indians or the Browns, and LeBron got them that one title, but it's a a great sports city, and uh, I know America will be rooting for them, and I hope they give us a good performance. So now we turn to the two grandpas playing against each other. In the dome, Saints, <laughs> Bucks, three points is the line. Yeah, that's a, I don't Platt. This is a great, great battle. It's an NFC battle. The Saints beat the Bucks twice this year. A lot of people don't know that. The Saints have a great defense. They can pressure the quarterback. They're in the dome. Brady doesn't like anybody coming near that pretty face of his. This is a real tough call for me. I like what the Bucks are doing. I like the experience Brady has. I like his weapons. He's got tons of weapons. The Saints have weapons. This over-under is 51. Should be a very high-scoring game. Bucks D is underrated, too. Don't, don't, don't count them out. That's The line is three, Platt, because of the home team. It should be an even game if it was at a neutral site. The hardest thing to do in any sport is beat a team three times. Whether you're playing college basketball in conference, then you meet them in the NCAs, whether it's baseball, beating someone three times, okay, is very hard in sports, especially in football. I, I'm going to go with Tom Brady and the Bucks. I, I don't, I don't want to call it an upset, but I'm going to take the three points and take the Bucks. You know what? Breeze has looked looked his age more than Brady has, Platt. Even though, you know, take away that, you know, that injury 
where he fractured all those ribs and punctured the lung. Even before that, Platt, I don't think he was as sharp as the breeze we've seen. I think age is getting to him a little more. If you notice, he's not throwing the ball down the field like he used to. And if you also notice, Phil Simms, I'll quote him, Brady's throwing harder than he's ever seen. He's throwing it on a rope. Brady's arm is alive right now. I'm going to take the older Brady to beat <laughs> the younger Drew Brees in his own building and get in a three. Do you think that you're talking about Brady's arm and how hard he's throwing the ball in the zip? Plus, on he's it. in Florida, Platt, and you know the Ponce de Leon Fountain of Youth down there. T Boy did a paper on that in middle school. So, <laughs> so ma- ma- maybe, Brady fa- maybe Brady found some water down there that's uh, all of a sudden igniting his arm and his energy. Well, so I was going to actually ask you that, not about T Boy, but about the fact that. You look at you look at Brady, and obviously there was a lot of thought put into what team he went to. But he goes to Florida. There's no weather elements. He's playing Atlanta in a dome. He's playing New Orleans in a dome. He looks definitely his arm looks much better. But I also wonder how much of that is. It's not 25 degrees with 40 mile per hour wind gusts at Gillette Stadium in New England. So. He's looked great, but you know what? I watched, and you know I'm a Redskins fan. I watched that game from start to finish. The Bucks didn't blow me away. They did what they had to do to win that game, but Washington was there. I mean, they hung with them, and I don't think the Redskins are a great football team right now. So I'm actually going to take the Saints, but I'm not going to be surprised if the Bucks win, if that makes any sense. No, it does, and I, and I like how you referred to last week's game. Platt, Washington really, really hung in there, and, I, and I'll, I'll be honest – they might not have a great team because offensive, offensively they can't really move the ball. That defense is scary, and Chase Young is scary. And they have, they have a bright future there. I don't know the quarterback situation moving forward. You know, you could talk about Alex Smith. You could talk about the other kid who, who looked great, the uh, Heineken or something. He, that, that team is on the rise, and with a division like the NFC East, I'd watch out for Washington the next few years. I really would. And, yeah. I, and, and, and I'm glad they made an exciting game. They did cover the line for us. And you're right. The Bucks. if you get near Brady, you can actually stop the offense. But you got to have pressure on him. He doesn't yeah. like pressure. You saw the Giants Super Bowls where he just he hated it. He just can't stand it. He gets aggravated. He goes to the sidelines. He starts yelling at everybody. It's very frustrating to him. Probably as he gets older, when guys aren't blocking and doing their and, and, and making you know doing their assignments. So I, I have a feeling that the Bucks are beatable, especially if at, at uh, New Orleans gets a lead, because you know how they are down there. All of a sudden they hit Michael Thomas. Yeah, uh, down the seam. They got Cook at tight end. They have weapons, like I said before. So, you know what? Either way, this is going to be a toss-up game, and I'm 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 hoping it's uh, in the 30s and real close. Don't you look at at Tampa and say when you know we were always taught by our dads like you don't win games on paper, but when you look at that offense on paper and the weapons they have, I almost wonder if they have too many weapons. And it's too challenging to manage that process because you got Gronk and AB and Evans and Fournette. Like they should be scoring 45 points a game on paper with that offense with Brady as the quarterback. And yeah, throwing you know, Godwin. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they're they're, they're, they're stacked. They're like a fantasy, uh, you know, like nightmare if you're playing against them. It's like, it's uh, it's it's really, it's really like not to mention the NBA, but like 
you can't share a ball between three guys on the nets now. Like, you know what I mean? You can't throw a football to everybody on every drive. So exactly. it's not like it's it's almost like, you know, okay, fine, you're not wasting talent. It's always good to have more talent. We're Yankee fans, we get that. But to share the but to share the ball and then think you're gonna have a running game too and get everybody involved, it's almost impossible. Is I mean that's what you're alluding to, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So I'm going I'm taking the Saints. I guess we'll we'll see how our picks come in this week. I think this is the first time we've quote unquote disagreed on a lot of the picks. So this will definitely be interesting to watch. Absolutely. So sticking with the NFL, the Jets have their man. How do you feel about the hire? So I heard the other day about this name and it was like almost like it was a coveted name that I didn't really know about to tell you the truth. I, I read his resume today. But I also heard the hype around the league, how sought after he was and how Jet fans are so happy that they got like, you know, this Lebanese descent bald guy with tattoos and muscles. And he's a defensive coordinator for a great team. They didn't have a great year, but you mentioned the Super Bowl hangover. What I really did like and, you know, I kind of like to take players words for it, a player's word because Sherman's probably going to the Hall of Fame. He's a great, great cornerback. He's always been a great corner. He said something today about about Salah that he basically came in and changed that whole organization on defense. I mean the culture and everything. He had so many great things to say about Salah. And the Jet fans are pumped. People around the league um, – are talking what a great hire this is. I hate to really hear that, but I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say I think the Jets finally made a, 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 the right move on choosing their head coach. Like I said, I don't know a lot about him, but what I'm reading and what I'm hearing, you got to feel good if you're a Jet fan. You really do. And when you have this guy in place, now let's move on and address the rest of the team. It's almost like one down and about 15 to go. Now, they do still have to have addressed the quarterback situation. When you have the number two pick, there's a lot of pressure, Platt, especially when you have a new new head coach hire. I'm sure Joe Douglas is happy with the hire because I had heard Salah uh, took a road trip to Philly after he met with us in Florent Park. Not us, but the Jets. And it's time to address the next step now. But I think they hammered, to answer your question, step number one. I love the hire. I think that, you know, there. who else was out there? You weren't bringing Peterson in after what just happened. That They were not going to allow him into, quote unquote, giant stadium to coach eight home games. I feel like there's just, they, they, it would not have been good. He needs a year away from the sport to let all that get behind him or go be an offensive coordinator somewhere. Aside from him, who are the other names out there? Eric Bieniemy, great college talent at Colorado. Good offensive coordinator, but like, let's be honest, he's got Mahomes. Mahomes makes how many of the plays? It, it, like, I'm not saying he's not going to be a good head coach one day, but to me, this was a no-brainer hire. And I understand he doesn't have coaching experience, but that Niners defense has been filthy the past few years since he's got there. And like you said before, the players rave about him. I have a, a friend who works for the Niners that we're trying to get on the show who worked for him in Jacksonville. He's now a defensive pass specialist 
pass rush specialist for the Niners, and he told me when I spoke to him before the season that this guy is the real deal and will be a great head coach somewhere one day. So I think if you're the Jets, you have to be ecstatic with this hire. And Platt, you mentioned players love him. What's happening in sports this these days? It's a player's league. And if you have the player's back, Platt, you are golden, I'm telling you right now, in every sport, especially the NBA. But in the NFL, look at, I mean, those guys didn't want to really play for Gase. He didn't have a presence. This guy brings a presence. You can already see it. And, and I'm actually really happy that the Jets made this hire because it's great for New York sports and it's great for a team that just just had the worst season you can have. But I will say this. Uh, you mentioned Biennemi. Biennemi has Andy Reid as his head coach, who could be one of the best offensive minds in the past 20 years. Okay, he's walking in the Hall of Fame. He wins division titles like it's nothing. So for him to, you know, for him to be under Andy Reid, how many times have you seen a coordinator, Platt, like North Turner, come, you know, come under Jimmy Johnson, win Super Bowls, and then go to an organization? North Turner cannot be a head coach. Charlie Weiss can't be a head coach. Romeo Cronell can't be a head coach. All those guys coach under Bill Parcells and coach with Bill Belichick. Josh McDaniel couldn't be a head coach. Not every great coordinator, Platt. You can't just throw him the hat and say, oh, why don't you do what you did in New England? Why don't you do what you did in Kansas City, Eric Bieniemy? He's not getting hired because they know who's calling the shots behind there. Granted, he is an African-American, and the Rooney Rule might help him, but he does have some baggage, too, off the field that, from what I hear. Now, also, getting back to the Jets, you got to really feel that a change was needed, right? But the funny thing is, is that I look at what the Jags did, and poor old Jets are looking at Jacksonville and saying, wait, so we got... Uh, Sam Darnold and a guy who's never coached before and the Jags got Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer <laughs> and the hits just keep on coming picture that Platt if Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence were coming to New York it, this place would be out of control right now but instead okay we're going nuts over some guy who's never coached Salah and granted we're both happy with the hire and Sam Darnold and no receivers and no, really no running backs. And he's got a lot on his plate. Would yeah. I switch places with the Jags right now, Platt? Yes, I would. Yes, and I agree with you. But I'm trying to look at the positive of this for Jet fans. <laughs> I know. I, I got to give him a little jab. I, I look at this. Of course you do. Of course you do. I look at this and I say they're bringing – he's bringing the kid from – the guy from Green Bay's younger brother who's the offensive coordinator in San Francisco – Maybe they give Darnold another year. They trade down the draft. They get two or three players. One of them's defensive. They definitely need to get Darnold some offensive support. But maybe a new offensive mind comes in there and, and helps the guy. Because, look, he did, you know, he did good with Garoppolo out there because he's not the most talented guy on the planet. And, and this guy took him to the Super Bowl. So maybe he can work his, his magic with Darnold. Who knows what's going to happen. But I think as a Jet the Jet Nation has to be happy with this hire. I get that they could have had Urban Meyer and they could have had Trevor Lawrence. And I do think now, though, they're not taking a quarterback at number two, not with a, a defensive-minded 
coach coming in here um, and no locks for, uh, you know, you don't know that Fields is going to be the guy. You don't know that the kid from BYU is going to be the guy. So to risk everything to take a quarterback at two, in my opinion, is very dicey right now, especially with this coaching change. Yeah, I'm going Lyman. Platt, great NFL segment of the show. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I really want to talk about what happened today with the New York Yankees. We've been talking for a couple couple weeks, Platt, and we've been a little nervous. Uh, I, I know I'll admit I have been a little nervous. They, uh, the Yankees basically said, go test the market, DJ. DJ tested the market. I think the most he got was from the, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. I think they offered $74 million. And DJ put his head down, walked back to the Yankees, took less money, more years. I think it was a steal by the Yankees. I couldn't be happier. We got a two-time batting champ in each league. He's coming off two great seasons. Best player on the team the last two years. It was a must-sign. I'm very excited. What are your thoughts on this signing today, Platt? I'm very took a big sigh of relief today. I exhaled. That's a, that's a great <laughs> way to put it. I was like, because it wouldn't it would not have been the end of the world had he had signed elsewhere. That said, they needed to re-sign him, and I think Lindor getting traded to the Mets. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Was a little bit of a jolt to the Yankees, and I think both DJ wanted to be here from everything I read and everything I've heard. And I know Luke Voigt was in the in the, in the the trades and in the press this week touting how great of a player DJ is. I think both sides wanted to get a deal done, but I agree, like 15 million a year, which it sounds absurd that we're saying this, is a steal for LeMayu. Maybe he wanted the longevity of the six-year contract and 90 mil, but I, I feel like he could have got 25 million on a shorter term deal. But this, you know, now he's going to retire unless something crazy happens as a Yankee. He's the kind of guy, I was talking to my brother about this this morning, he's the kind of guy who could play till he's 39, he'll hit 320. He's, he's got that Tony Gwynn Wade Boggs thing about him. So you know that this is a great long-term signing. You're not concerned about the years where you would be with Stanton or Judge or somebody else. Home run, no pun intended, for the Yanks here and very happy that they got him re-signed. Yeah, Platt, I mean, we kind of lucked out with the pandemic, I think, because I, I think in, 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 a, in, a different seat, in a different world, actually, I think he would have commanded close to $20 million, even up to $22. Um, he's going to finish his career here. He's going to be really uh, considered a Yankee by the time he's done. He's going to be 37 or 38 years old when the contract expires. They can probably do a Gardner and do give him one-year deals, one year with uh, two-year deals with with a year and an option. Um, I feel I feel like I feel like the contract almost dictates his personality. I almost think he's not this guy that wants to like you know break the bank. I think he wants to. He's a he's a lunch pail guy. He's a, he's our best situational hitter. I don't think he really wanted to be that. You know, everybody wants to make a buck, and he he deserves the right to make everything he actually can get. And don't get me wrong, but I almost think this contract and what he did exemplifies the person and the player he is. And I'm just so happy he's going to be around. Um, he's so important to our lineup, and he could play three positions. And you don't know what's going to happen injury-wise, Platt. It's, 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 it's a grueling, long season. To have this guy on our team just makes everything feel better during this offseason. And I, the, the only team I was afraid of, and you brought up uh, the Lindor signing by the, by the Mets and Queens, I was actually afraid of Steve Cohen when it came to LeMahieu. 
because Steve Cohen made a big splash. They, they keep making really good moves, by the way, which I'm happy about because we're, we're New York sports fans. But I have to say I was afraid of the Mets when it came to DJ because of the money. But the, as you look at it now, and I don't know if they offered him anything, DJ always wanted to be a Yankee, and I think Cashman gets, should get a lot of credit because although he has the reputation of not treating our free agents that well, no, I'm sorry, not treating the re-signing the Yankees that well, he treats free agents better. This signing was huge, and I'm glad the Mets didn't steal him away based on the dollar. Yeah, couldn't could not have said it better. And I think once the Mets made, I don't think the Mets are done yet. I think there's still some things that they're working on. Yeah, is Springer going to happen? You think? I mean, what? What do you think? I. It sounds like they're locked in on getting him. And and Met fans, don't get mad at me. They talk about him like he's Mookie Betts or Mike Trout. And he's a very good ball player. But you don't sign George Springer and say, we're going to the World Series. You're, you're still got to get past, past Atlanta. So the Mets have their work cut out for them. Lindor, phenomenal player. Great trade. They, they stole him from the Indians. They got a pitcher too. But I think once that trade got done, it ixnayed the idea of LeMayu going to the Mets because they had other areas they got to fill. I do think Springer will probably end up signing there because what you, what you alluded to before about Toronto, Tor- the Mets are going to offer him more money than he's going to get anywhere else. So at the end of the day, I, I can't see him not signing. Sounds like Lindor wants to I – think, I think Lindor – it sounds like Lindor, excuse me, uh, is ready to uh, sign a long-term deal already. Like he's open yeah, to which, that. I read that. And it's a perfect fit for him to be on the Mets, to his personality in New York, the kind of player he is. They're going to love him at City Field. He's going to be a star for that team. He's great defensively. He's great offensively. He's got a huge smile. Perfect fit for them. It's going to be a fun year to watch the Yankees and Mets kind of go at it in trying to – you know, the Mets are – trying to get back to where they were in 86 and take over the city, and the Yankees are still the Yankees, so it's going to be a nice run this year. Platt, spring training's not that far away. I can't wait for this weekend with football. It's going to be a great weekend. Looking forward to our next show. I also want to let our audience know uh, the next uh, next show or two, we have uh, Jeff Halfley, the coach of Boston College, coming on the show. Looking forward to that interview. Anything else you want to add, Platt? No, buddy. Have a great weekend, and let's get some great football games in. Awesome. Have a great day.